You're listening to the Holy Hot Mess Mom podcast. I'm Heather, and I like to treat this podcast like we're just old friends sitting around in our jam jams with no makeup, a messy bun, and probably some sort of bodily fluid on our shirt from a child. In this show, we chat about homemaking, simplifying mommyhood, Jesus, and everything in between. This is a place where we embrace that life can sometimes be a crazy, beautiful, hilarious mess. I want to give you the encouragement, support, and some practical tips to help you thrive, even when some days you might feel like you're riding the Holy Hot Mess Express. So grab Grab a cup of coffee or wine if it's been one of those days. Relax. Let's chat. Hello. Back here. Trying to come up with some funny stories. Is It's not difficult. And I'll tell you, it's not difficult. Like, ridiculous crap happens to me all the time. But I'm having trouble finding stories that are, like, long enough. So I'm just going to give you a few that have happened recently. So recently, the I decided to put our robot vacuum back out. It was driving me crazy because everybody would push the button and start it. We call her Rosie, Rosie the robot. Everybody would push the button and start this robot, which is fine if it's going around, except they would pick it up and they would move it and stuff wasn't picked up off the floor yet. So she'd be sucking up cords and things she would socks and stuff like that. So I only like to run Rosie at night when everybody's asleep and she can just vacuum for me. Well, the kids were driving me crazy. So I just put it up on the very top of the bookshelf and just kind of forgot about it for a couple of months. Well, I decided I'm going to take it back out because maybe everybody's like out of the fascination of the on and off button. So I'm going to take it out and put it back where it was. So I put it back and my son had found the remote for it. So there's like an app that you can use to program the Rosie the Robot, or you can use the remote to like click start, do the whole room, do the whole house, whatever. So I grab my son found the remote to that somewhere, and he decided to put it in the holder. The holder is like right on the charging dock for Rosie the Robot. And I guess the other day, one of the babies found said remote and starts pushing all the buttons because they're a baby and remotes are awesome. They see grownups with remotes all the time and they just push buttons and cool things happen. So she starts pushing buttons and the robot turns on and this thing starts coming after her. (laughs) Poor little Caroline is like having fun pushing the buttons. Next thing she looks over and Rosie's like, like making her way towards her. So she loses it, starts crying, screaming, crawling away. And then once she gets away and Rosie's going in the opposite direction, she starts playing with the buttons again. And so Rosie shuts off and then Rosie turns back on. Like she didn't, she wasn't connecting the fact that what she was doing with her hands is what was making this robot chase her terror, absolute terror in her eyes. And it was so funny. I didn't stop it. So I get out my phone and I recorded it and I'll put the video in the show notes, but I let her just be tortured by this thing. Charlotte's like running away crying. I'm laughing hysterically. I'm trying to get the the remote from Caroline and she doesn't want to give it to me (laughs) because she's so, she wants to play with the remote, but she doesn't realize that that's what's happening. So I eventually got the remote and shut it off and she was hysterical. But I I mean, clearly record things like that because that was really funny. So there's that little story. Another little story is we had our last day of our homeschool co-op last Thursday and it was pouring down rain 
and all the kids are, you know, wound up because we have to stay in the classrooms because we can't go do stuff outside. And at the very end, I'm trying to get babies and Evelyn and all of our stuff because it's the end of the quote unquote school year for that. And so, you know, we don't want to leave our stuff in all this church classrooms of the church that we use. And so I'm cleaning everything up and I'm trying to get babies and LJ, the five-year-old, announces that he has to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, you know the bathroom is. Just go. Next thing I know, I look over. So this church, like all the little classrooms, are kind of like motel style. Like all the doors face outward. And they face towards this little courtyard that has like a Marian statue and flowers and bushes and stuff like that. A little bench. Apparently the bathroom wasn't open. It was locked because my son, with 25 other children running around, has his pants by his ankles, and he's just peeing into onto the sidewalk, first of all. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because this girl, Bailey, who helps us out and is a good friend of ours, she's like, oh my gosh, Heather, look what he's doing. And I look over, and he's peeing. And I'm like, what are you doing? So he turns and whips it around and starts spraying it into the garden. Like, that's any better than the sidewalk. This Marian, like, prayer garden. I just... So anyways, that was a hot mess of a day of everybody. And he thought it would be a good idea just to whip it out and be. And when I say, Lane, what are you doing? He's like, what, Mom? The bathrooms were locked. Like, I mean, I get his logic, but... Never in my life would I just drop my drawers in front of 25 of my friends and pee everywhere. So those are my two funny stories for today. So I thought to drag out a little bit more time on this podcast, because I've actually had a few people contact me and say that they want longer episodes, which is funny to me because I don't know why people want to listen to me talk longer, but y'all want to be friends? We can be friends. So I've got 10 things you might not know about me and each one of them has like some backstories. So you may or may not know that I have been married three times. I am a devout Catholic who's been married three times, but I have never once been divorced. (laughs) I actually married my husband three times. So he proposed on April something. I want to say 21st maybe. And on May 17th, we got married. So he proposed on April 21st at the spring game, uh, the Virginia Tech spring game in the same place where we had met up in the stadium. And then he was about to ship off and go with the air force and go to flight school, move to Florida. And he wanted me to go with him. And I was like, I, you know, I know we're going to get married and I know we love each other and stuff, but I don't feel comfortable without like totally sealing the deal, moving down there with you and uprooting my whole life because you, we could just call it off, you know, before you're officially married. And then I have moved to Florida after this boy and he totally got it. And I didn't have any insurance. Uh, I was off my parents' insurance and I had no insurance. And so we were like, you know what, what would just make sense is for us just to run off and get secretly married. So we went and got our marriage license, um, on a Tuesday morning in Hampton, Virginia. And that Tuesday afternoon, which was three days 
after we graduated. He commissioned, we graduated, we came, we unpacked or we packed all of our stuff and moved away from college, got back to Hampton Roads and went to a funeral because his great grandfather had passed away. And then the next day we got married. So we went to his parents' Lutheran church and pastor Ben was so amazing. Thank goodness. He knew both of us, um, to marry us right there on the spot. And we had the pastor, Ben, me, my sister and Brandon and his brother. And we got married and it was, um, kind of terrifying because we showed up at this church separately. I'm wearing like a little white church looking dress, not a gown at all, just like a white sundress. And he's in khakis and flip-flops, khaki shorts and flip-flops. And we get married. And as Pastor Ben says, like, do you take this woman? But you know, blah, 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 going back and forth. It felt like, like all I ever wanted to be really is like, I knew my job in life was to be a wife and a mom. Like that's what I've always aspired to. But when they said that, I felt like somebody hit me with a bag of bricks. Like (laughs) it was like terrifying. (laughs) I love this man dearly, but it was terrifying to just sign my whole life into his life. It was crazy. So we, you know, you may now kiss the bride and then it was so weird. We got in separate cars and went our separate ways. And I went back to my parents' house and he went back to his parents' house and, um, nothing changed. And it was really freaking weird. But then we get home and my dad, my dad was deployed. So that's, we would have just thrown together a wedding probably. I mean, we probably just would have been like, Hey, everybody like, you know, June 5th, before he goes to Florida, we're just going to have a big wedding. But my dad was deployed and I didn't want, if my dad can't be there, I didn't want Brandon's dad there because then Brandon's mom would want to be there. And then my mom would have wanted to be there. And then the grandparents would want to be there. And then all of a sudden it's a wedding, like a big wedding. And my daddy's not there. So that's why I didn't want that. I just wanted to run off and get married. So we did the total Air Force thing. And it's funny because the more we travel around and move with the Air Force, the more we realize probably way more people than not did this, like the little secret wedding thing. It just makes logistics easier. You know, they paid for me to move to Florida and whatever. So we both got in separate cars and went our different ways and slept at our own parents' house that night. Like, it was so weird. It's really good. I was like, so if things changed, my dad's like, why isn't your husband staying at our house now? Like, why isn't he sleeping with you? And I was like, that is so weird that last night, if I would have said Brandon's coming to spend the night with me, it would have been like, no way. Like you're not doing that. But now all of a sudden, because like a paper was signed, my dad's like, Hey, is your husband coming? Like it was, the whole thing was just very weird, but We ended up 10 months late. So I moved down to Florida and 10 months later, we had our big wedding. We got married on St. Patrick's day. So our first wedding was on May 17th. Our, uh, we, we call that our marriage day because that's when our marriage started. And then our wedding, the actual big thing, we still said vows and everything was on March 17th of the next year. And, you know, we had the party and the dress and all that stuff. It was crazy because I was like nervous for it, which was really silly because we had been married for 10 months, but I think it was the culmination of like all the work and prep and everything. So we had our big party on St. Patrick's day and green beer 
and all the bridesmaids wore clover green dresses and I had green sparkly shoes and it was a blast. And then after that, I really started coming into my faith and I, it was really important to me that we got our marriage convalidated in the church. So it was a totally valid marriage in all forms of the word, especially because we did it twice, but I really just wanted it blessed by a priest and sacramentally married, married in the church. And so June 17th, 2017, we, so all on the 17th. So my husband pretty much says if it's the 17th of any month, then it's probably an important date and he should be nice. (laughs) But, uh, so the 17th of June, we had our favorite priest in the whole wide world, Father Murray. He, uh, married us and we had our really good friends, John and Bethany there as our witnesses and the kids were there and they were just running around crazy while we were saying our vows. And I was in a yellow polka dotted dress and (laughs) it was super cute and really sweet. And so now we have our like official Catholic marriage certificate. And so we've been married three times. So my husband, when he gets to a new squadron, it's always like, stand up and say, say, you know, where you came from and where you went to school and three things about yourself or whatever. One of my husband's things is always, I've been married three times to the same woman. And if I ever pulled that, like, do you love me? Or are you looking at another woman or anything like that? He'd be like, come on, I've married you three times. Like, (laughs) get over yourself. So that's one thing about me is I've been married three times. Uh, Another thing about me is... I have a very deep, profound, ingrained love of rap music with filthy words. I can sing every word to Salt and Pepper Shoop and Look at Me Now by Buster and Chris Brown. And Missy Elliott is my homegirl. I can't get down on this new rap stuff. Like anything probably past like 2014. Like I just can't get down on that, but I can late nineties into the two thousands. I can get down on some rap. And that has been one of the hardest things to like curb off being a mom is I would just listen to completely unedited music. And then when you don't realize the words are so bad until all of a sudden you have like a two-year-old and a three-year-old and they're starting to say words and they're repeating everything after you. And you're like, Oh, Eminem has some awful things in his music. And like, Oh, there's a, there's a bomb of a word. And so I've really tried to curve it back. So we listened to some kids bop. I still try to find some edited versions of some songs because I was a hip hop dancer growing up and I grew up in an area that everybody listened to rap music. Like we were not country music folk. And so that was a rude awakening when I went to college. Cause those are some country music folk <laughs> at Virginia tech, but I love me some rap music, Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes, Chris Brown, Ludacris, all that, that good time. I love it. My current jam that we are on is the water dance by Pitbull and Chris Porter, because there's a dance video to it that they did at the Millennium Dance Complex, I think. And it's, it's awesome. And so we watch it and listen to it all the time. And you know what? I'm okay with my kids uh, listening to that music. That's okay. As long as 
Um, they're not picking up on those words because I'm using the edited versions. So number three rolls off that is I have it actually, I have a horrible, horrible potty mouth. And now I've really gotten a hold of it. Thank goodness. Because the kids would repeat after me. It started because my son, I mean, he was maybe two and a half and he's like, ah, crap. Ah, crap. I'm like, whoa, you can't say that. We are not supposed to say crap. And he would just be like, crap, crap, crap. And I'm like, you're not supposed to say that. Then he'd start saying things like, hey, mommy. Am I allowed to say crap when I do this? And I'm like, no, don't say that word. He's like, well, I'm just asking the question. Like, he was trying to find loopholes to get around just so that he could say the word crap. And I was like, oh, I really should curb back on all the other ones because that's going to start being regurgitated out of his little mouth soon. So that's when all of the rap music started being phased out a little bit more. We still listen to a lot of Michael Jackson, which is not rap music, but it is definitely not Christian music. And he, his mouth is fine. And the two, the three-year-old has, has never said a curse word. Thank goodness. But I was just one that it was like every few words was my horrible mouth. And I remember coming up from college and just having this potty mouth and my mom being like, where did you get this potty mouth from? And I blamed it on my best friend, Cheryl, when it was not Cheryl, it was 150% me. I was just much better at hiding it when I lived with my parents when I was in high school because I had to watch my mouth all the time. But when I was away at college for three months, never watching my mouth. And then I come back into town and now all of a sudden I have to wash my mouth. I kept slipping so I tried to blame it on every which way person. Oh, it's because I, you know, oh, well, Cheryl said that word. And so no, no, it was not at all. My parents know this now. I fessed up. It was totally me. I, I'm probably the bad influence on Cheryl, to be completely honest. So I have a horribly, horribly bad, very much recovering potty mouth. Um, number four, when I met my husband... I had to ask him for his phone number. He didn't ask me. And he looked like he was on drugs. And so here's how the whole story goes. So I was on the dance team in college. And we were dancing in the homecoming game, like the pregame show. And we only had 20 spots on the field for each of the dancers to fit on the field without being trampled by ESPN equipment and like all that kind of stuff. So we had 30 girls on the team, which was great because if somebody that, you know, normally danced on the field, wasn't somebody else could sub in and you had to make a mile run time in order to dance on the field and all these different stipulations. But sometimes people would be like, Oh, I'm going out of town this weekend. I'm not you know, going to be on the field or whatever. So I had made the run time that week and I was eligible to be put on the field, but I volunteered not to because my mom was going to come in town and watch me dance. So I danced for the pregame show and all the parades and all the tailgating, um, and like the little performances and stuff, like when they're like shaking their pom-poms on ESPN and stuff. But I wanted to go sit with my mom in the stadium where my mom had scalped for a ticket. And she got a ticket, like a ticket and a really good seat. So she's watching the pregame show and 
Then she goes to meet me because I left and came back into the stadium to go sit with her. And when I was finally like back through the athletic complex and after the parades and the pregame show, and I found my mom, it was like the end of the first quarter. So we went to go sit near her seat and there were no two seats next to each other. Everybody had kind of moved down closer to the field because there were empty seats because people, you know, didn't fill them, whatever. It's the homecoming game. So I said, well, let's go try where my seats are. So we go up to where my seats are, where my uh, season ticket was. And there was no seats there either. Cause that was only a little bit ways up. And so since we didn't have any seats there, I just looked up and I'm like, look, mom, there are some open spots in the nosebleeds. Like, let's just go all the way up to the top to the nosebleeds. And she's complaining because she's got a bad back and she doesn't want to walk up there. But I'm like, mom, let's just go. So we get up to the top and there's this group of people and there's this guy with blonde, really curly, like white boy Afro hair. And he's in a orange and maroon striped rugby looking shirt. And I said, Hey, is anybody sitting here? And that man was my now husband. And he was like, no, you guys could sit here. And of course he said we could sit there. I was in spandex pants, a sports bra, like show makeup and glitter maroon lipstick. And my hair was all done up because I had been on the field and like doing photo ops and things like that for the teams. But anyway, so he's flirting with me the whole time. And at Virginia Tech, we have this thing where when the other team is on third down, we shake our keys, like get your keys and go home. And so everybody's shaking keys, but we were playing Western Kentucky and we were just blowing them out of the water. It was like 54 to zero. So I wasn't really paying attention. I'm talking to my friend, Nikki and my mom. And he, he kept being like, get your keys out and shake them. Like he was just finding a reason to talk to me. Well, Normally at a game where we're just blowing them out, I would leave like sometime in the third quarter to try to miss most of the traffic. But I wanted to stay to flirt with this guy because I wanted him to ask me for my phone number, but he wasn't. He would not ask. He would not ask. He would not ask. And finally, my mom pulls me by the collar and she whispers in my ear, if you don't ask him for his phone number in the next five minutes, I will. So I whipped my head around and I was like, hey, can I have your phone number? We're having a party tonight and we'd like to invite you guys. We weren't having a party. <laughs> so that means I had to go throw a party and my husband still won't let me live it down because when they came to the party, I charged them and all their friends $5 for a cup of beer because I had to pay for all this stuff somehow. I don't know why I just didn't get a few cases of beer, why I got like a mini kit. I don't know why I did that. Anyways, I don't drink beer. I'm allergic to it. That's a fun fact about me. But yeah, so I throw this party for him and I waited a couple hours because I didn't want to seem like texting him right away. But he apparently was so drunk during the game that he wasn't sure if he gave me like his home phone number, his cell phone number or half and half. And so he was afraid I would have no way to contact him. And it's funny now because we've come up with like eight different ways where we have crossed paths in life before we ever met at this football game. We had been to some of the same concerts when we were in high school, you know, things like that. So he ends up coming and we, we were joined at the hip ever since. And a few weeks into our relationship, 
we're dating and I'm just like, I'm going to marry this guy. I'm sold. And he's like, Oh, by the way, I am a physics and math major. I'm commissioning to be an air force officer. I'm joining this summer and I'm going to shave my head and whatever. And I was like, really? Because I thought you might dabble in some extracurricular substances. And he's like, no, never, literally never in my life. (laughs) But because it's like curly hair and anyways. So that was my first, I judged a book by its cover with my husband. All right. Next one which snowballs on that is I swore up and down my whole life. I would never marry somebody in the, in the military. My dad was in the Navy and I remember him leaving and me just crying and saying like, I will never marry somebody who does this to their family. And I think now it gives me a pretty unique perspective on everything because I realized the sacrifice. And then I look back on our life and how much I appreciate my dad and service members and the military and the sacrifices the families make, I see how much I appreciate that now. And I also see how incredibly resilient military kids are. I mean, not only are they saying goodbye to mommy and daddy or whoever all the time, but friends move. And if the friends aren't moving, then you're moving. And there's constantly changes of neighbors and friends and It's a lot for little kids to take in and they handle it with grace and just amazingness. So I, I probably, I don't know if I would have backed out of the relationship had I known he was going to be in the air force before I had totally fallen head over heels like a month in. So I guess I'm kind of glad he kept that for me because that summer is when he joined the Corps of Cadets and got his head shaved and it was on from there, air force life. So now we've lived in like six different houses, four different moves, three different states. You know, we're just kind of all over the place, but I really wouldn't change it for the world because we've made such amazing friends in the places we've gone. So it's really not all that bad. People always say military life is so hard and it is, it's, it's really hard. There's times where it's really hard, but it's also really, really awesome. So don't let people tell you that being married to somebody in the military is terrible because it's really not. Okay. Number six is I hate clothes. I hate being naked, but I hate clothes. And I mean that because I have no fashion sense. I actually had a friend's kid tell me one time, Miss Heather, do you have any other shirts other than those three shirts? Cause that's all you wear. I was like, yeah, I have workout clothes and I have PJs. And that's what I wear at my house. So when I'm out in public and actually have to look nice, yeah, I only have three shirts. And that's how I roll. Because I'm just not one to be able to put together an outfit. Like, somebody once told me that you're supposed to look at the mannequin. If you don't know how to dress yourself, you're supposed to just look at the mannequin and buy whatever the mannequin's wearing. But the problem is, is I don't have the proportions of that mannequin. I've got a larger chest. i got a huge butt, wide thighs, very wide hips from all the babies. And my legs are so much shorter in proportion than my torso is. And so like things just don't fit me well. So pretty much if it's not like workout pants, like high-waisted workout pants and a workout shirt, then I don't really know how to wear clothes. So I've got a pair of white flats and a pair of gold flats and 
I wear that with some jeans and one of my three shirts, and I'm really not ashamed of it. Someday I'd like to try Stitch Fix, I feel like. But I don't want them to send me stuff. Like, I don't really need business casual stuff. I need, like, I, I'm a mom stuff. But when it goes with that, like, to put on jeans and a cute little button-down shirt and some flats and a cute little belt, it's like, if I don't have time to do my hair and makeup, then it just looks weird to be put together from the neck down. And then from the neck up. I'm a hot mess. I've got my glasses on because it's springtime and I've got horrible, horrible allergies. So I can't put my contacts in my freaking eyes. And my hair is just like rat's nest because it gets so frizzy because we're in Louisiana and it's humid. So it's like, well, if I'm not going to look put together from the neck up, I might as well just whatever, be comfy. <laughs> so I don't, I'm really not ashamed of that either. I don't have any fashion sense and it's just not my forte. So if anybody out there knows how to dress functionally for being a mom of crazy people and cute and comfortably and how to dress my style, like girl, contact me and be my personal shopper. The only person who has ever done a decent job helping me shop is my friend Ebony. Girl, she FaceTimed me at TJ Maxx one day and helped me pick out my entire outfit for going to pick up Brandon from his second deployment. And she has amazing fashion sense. I'll have to leave a picture of her because she's got this, she's beautiful and she knows what she's doing and she needs to help me dress myself. Moving on. I love, 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 love to create things. And I'm kind of a firm believer that like we were made in the image of our creator who created us, who created the world. And therefore, since we are made in his image, we are made to create. We are made to create humans. We are made to create love. We are made to create homes and spaces. And we're made to create masterpieces and food and art and music and crafts and sewing and whatever, you know, like, I've yet to find somebody in my life that doesn't like to create something like woodworking, gardening is creating, you know, like there's, there's a way to create everything. People who like to write are creators, podcasters are creators, you know, I love creating things, finishing them. I'm not so good at, so I'm halfway done with making these adorable little wooden mat, uh, kids mask kits for like me and five other families, but finding the time to polyurethane and finish everything. It's just like, once it gets put on the back burner, it doesn't come off the back burner for a while because then something else comes up that's more important and there's no timeline on this. So that's what I do. I am supposed to be making t-shirt or little dresses out of Brandon's late grandfather's collared shirts. And I've got there, all the patterns are cut out. But that's it. I don't have anything else done for those. And then, oh, I'm halfway in the middle of making some priestly vestments for the kids to play with, to pretend to play mass and stuff. And uh, not on that one. We're not done with that. What else? Oh, I bought the stuff to fix the gutter in our house, but I still haven't mounted it to the wall. And... Yeah, so I'm I'm a starter and not so much a finisher. If it's important and if it has a deadline, of course I start it and I finish it. But when it comes to something that I'm just like creating, then it's like half butt. Anyways, 
number eight, we're on number eight already, is I was in a sorority. Believe it or not. I am not really a sorority type person. I was on the dance company in college. Then I met Brandon. I, after I left the dance company, I was on the dance team. I meet Brandon the next year. All of our friends had graduated. I was staying for a victory lap and I didn't really have any friends left. And I didn't really have him because he had all these new friends because he was joining the Corps of Cadets. He was in the Corps. And so he had these like 25 buds in his bud class that were these kids that he was around all the time. And he had all these new friends and all my friends had graduated. So I didn't really have anything. So I started emailing the sororities. Like, how do you join a sorority? I don't know about this. Well, come to find out that only a few sororities would recruit year round. It was because they didn't have the membership cap that the other sororities did. Like you could have 180 people in your sorority and they only had 56. And so that's why they could keep recruiting. And so I was in this sorority and I basically fast track into getting in the sorority. I get initiated. I pay the millions of dollars <laughs> to get in. And I made some great, amazing friends in that sorority. My little was awesome. My big was awesome, but I don't talk to her anymore. I know the president of the sorority actually was, she's at my wedding and Caroline is awesome. And I like to sometimes say that I named Caroline after her because Caroline is awesome. She's like an architect in New York city and she's got the coolest life. Anyways, we, I ended up only being in the sorority for a total of four months. It got really expensive because if I had to miss things, they find you. And the chick who was running the chapter was just kind of crazy. And she just kept imposing all these rules. And I was like, I can't handle this. So I ended up leaving the sorority. So I was in Alpha Gamma Delta for about four months, but I still can say that I was in a sorority. So since I like resigned, I am not technically an alumni. Someday I would like to be an alumni. You can petition for that and be able to volunteer and stuff. And, um, they have like a little, little rose society where like your daughters can be in little clubs and stuff, uh, when they're not actually in and all that stuff. My sorority chapter on campus actually ended up being kicked off campus because they didn't have enough members to pay all their bills. And so nationals was paying the bills to Virginia tech for the land and the building that we were leasing and stuff. And it just ended up being so expensive for nationals that they uh, dissolved the chapter. So I was at a sorority alpha gamma Delta, which a lot of people don't know about me because I'm, I'm really, I'm not so much of a sorority girl. <laughs> Number nine is that this one's kind of dark. Um, I attempted to take my life in November of 2007. There was a lot of hard things that happened in a very, very short amount of time. I was at school. Um, I was a student, part-time student, but I was a student at Virginia Tech during the shooting in 2007. I was a victim of sexual assault I, it was a combo of being put on medications that I kept telling my doctor I was having adverse side effects to, and she told me just not to quit them and just a snowball of tons of different things, lots of abuse of substances 
And by November, when I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me, I went crazy and I didn't uh, want to feel anymore. And I call that day my semicolon day now because I a semicolon is when a phrase or a thought was going to stop, but it continues on. And that was a day where my life could have stopped, but thanks to the grace of God and a friend who happened to be in the right place at the right time. And he had his sister with him who was a nurse and um, really, really supportive friends and family. I am doing great now. I still really, really battle with anxiety and depression, but it's like a, it's like a, a milestone. I kind of look forward to every year to be like, another year passed since I changed my life a lot. So that's something if, um, if you are having any of those thoughts that you might want to hurt yourself or that life would be easier if you weren't here or that nobody cares, then I'm not kidding. Please reach out to me because I will talk to anybody and everybody about this subject and end the stigma because that was a lot of my reason is I didn't want to tell people I was depressed or anxious or having these thoughts because I didn't want to be a burden on anybody else. And I didn't want people to stop being my friend. And so I faked a lot of happiness until it was almost too late. So that is my sad and gloomy one. But to end on a happy note is I cannot play sports that have balls to save my life. I was a gymnast and a dancer and a cheerleader. And I was mostly a dancer. I was a gymnast. And then you combine the gymnast and the dance. And that's what made me kind of do cheerleading for school. I am also incredibly loud. So that helped with the whole cheerleading thing. But I don't even know if my parents ever put me in anything with balls. Like right now we got my kid in soccer and t-ball and all that jazz. I don't think my parents put me in anything with balls because I have a lazy eye. Another fun fact. So I was born with strabismus, which is an an imbalance. I've got a stuffy nose because of allergies. I don't know if you can tell how funky I sound, but I've got an imbalance in the muscles in my right eye. And what happened was because of that imbalance of the muscles, my left eye had to compensate. So that one kind of built up muscles and balanced as well. So I had to have surgery when I was like eight months old, I think. And they tried to correct the muscles and they kind of overcorrected. So then they had to do another surgery. I had to wear a patch on my eye for a while. So basically because of it, my depth perception is horrible. So when you look at me, you can't see my lazy eyes unless I'm tired or sick then it's like that. Those are the muscles that start to go. But I never played anything with balls because, you know, running and kicking the ball at fast speed was like, my body can't accurately tell where it is in space. They, the doctors actually had no clue how I did beam. And I will be honest with you. I was not very good at beam. So that's probably why I didn't do beam or why it didn't matter because I was not good at it. But I, was a gymnast and a dancer and a cheerleader because I didn't have to use depth perception for that. So now having kids where I have to like teach my son how to kick a soccer ball 
or how to hit a baseball is kind of hilarious because I really don't know how to do that crap myself. <laughs> because I can't do anything with balls. My husband laughs at me. Sometimes he just tries to surprise me and he'll just be like, Heather, think fast and I'll throw something at my face because he knows it'll hit me in the face. If it's coming directly on my face, I can't tell where it is and it'll hit me in the face. The only way I'm, the only sport I was decent at was tennis. And I think that's because the ball, I could get on the side of the ball to hit it. Like it's not coming dead on at you. And that way I could use one eye for the depth of perception. I wasn't having to use both eyes on the midline. So Anyways, I have a lazy eye. So holler to anybody else that has strabismus or if you have kids that have a lazy eye that have to wear patches and if kids are making fun of them, like I got made fun of whenever I was growing up because I had to wear a patch on my eye, then you know what? I will be their friend. So anyways, I'm wrapping up here. It is 1148 AM. I've got CrossFit in 12 minutes and I got to put all my stuff up and put it to my car so that I can get my gym bag out and get myself ready to work out. So I hope you all have a great day, and I'll see y'all next episode. Don't forget to leave ratings and reviews and share it with your friends because it would really help other people be able to find the podcast. This episode is over, but there's lots more content for you to check out on my website. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com for all sorts of downloads, posts, and ridiculous stories, as well as the show notes for today's episode. Don't forget to find me on Instagram and Facebook at holyhotmessmom, as well as in our exclusive mama Facebook group by searching Holy Hot Mess Mamas. That's Holy Hot Mess, M-A-M-A-S, so we can connect, share, encourage, uplift, laugh, and be virtual best friends. Do you have a topic or something you want to hear about on the show? Shoot me an email at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. If you like this episode, would you do me a huge favor and head over to your podcast app and give us a rating and review so that more ladies can find our podcast. The more great reviews we have, the wider we reach with our support, tips, laughs, and encouragement. I would really appreciate it. Until next time.